Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello everyone and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 484's After Show. It's the after show. Uh, here's what I'm going to start out with. As you were clicking on a button as we were closing out the regular show, and I mm-hmm. thought about it on the way here tonight. Okay. I I can get over, you know, I don't have to be that grumpy old man. I can get over the whole, like, year in review, all the Spotify's, all the other things that are telling you. They're like, very popular. They're very popular, and I get that. I don't mind them, actually. I, I I'm, don't. I'm not, I'm not going to grumpy old man them. Yeah, I don't care, but that's great. What I... What does irk me a little, and I can't be original in thinking this, I'm sure. Usually we're not. Why the hell are we seeing that in the first week of December? I agree with that. Like, well, I feel I like. Mean, it, it, I guess if you set a standard from like December 1st to December 1st. That becomes your year in that review. That becomes your year in review. Which like, would make sense if that's what they do. I, I'm guessing they have to, right? Yeah. Because otherwise, like. Because <laughs> we still have three weeks left in the year. Yeah. And these 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 started popping off two ish weeks ago already. Oh yeah, Spotify's was like two weeks ago. Yeah, that how many how many hundreds of hours or minutes you've streamed of any given service or of any given song and various artists and things you've listened to? I just think maybe. But my year in review is it, it, like it's not here. Like <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a whole the whole month of December, <laughs> a twelfth of your <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and I'm sure in some fine print it says exactly what you're saying, which would make perfect sense. Uh, somebody also. Challenged me and said I was an idiot or crazy or how do I not listen to music? I said I literally don't even have a Spotify account. I, I listened to nor, zero nor minutes of Spotify this year, and they're like, "How do you listen to music?" Good question. I really don't. The only time I listen to music is if there's nothing else I want to listen to in the car that's that's played on my YouTube Premium that's played that way. The only time I'll listen to music is then, and at that point, it's exclusively 90s on 9 uh, from my Sirius radio. That's the only time I, and that's not, the, and I'm not on the phone or trying to catch up on listening yeah. to any, any other kind of news or, or current events. So the amount of music that gets played is negligible. 
and I'm actually really worried in general. I don't have a Spotify account. I don't have uh, whatever. Well, how do you listen? I, literally, well, because I am now an old man who's completely burnt into everything that he wants you to listen, listen to. You listen to CDs? No, I listened to the CDs that were burnt onto my phone years ago. I still have on my phone hard downloaded. You know, there. So, like, there's no Spotify about. I don't know, a couple thousand songs from all my CD so they're collection. Just like, they're just down here. Like, like you would have like MP3s, like MP3s. And okay. S- and so I plug it into my car. I listen to that. I listen to podcasts. I listen to, which is actually going to kind of bother me because I, I think I heard that Apple is going to stop developing iTunes. And if that happens, I don't know how I get music on my phone. I need to, I need to research it because shitty streaming service. I, well, I don't want a shitty streaming oh. service. I want the hard, like... You want to listen to what you want to listen to. I want to listen to what I want to listen to. You want to listen to House of Pain, jump, jump around. around. You you want to be able to just click on it, that's and it, r- for certain, that's right. it's there. Because I have, not only on my phone, I have, like, live concerts. Mm. Things that were, you know, bootlegged. That you pirated, yeah. Bootlegged is the oh, term, Terry. Okay. In music, Sorry. it's bootlegged. <laughs> okay. um, bootlegged music from different live shows and concerts and things like that, that you just, you just, they're just not available on Spotify. They're not available anywhere. And if things like that go away, I don't know how I continue to listen to some of those things or there's songs that, you know, like I said, that were bootlegged that aren't, that don't even exist. There's a couple songs actually that, that I had that my wife and I played at our, uh, at our wedding that are not available on any CD. They were never released. We literally heard one or two of these songs at a concert, and I found the bootleg of the concert, downloaded it, and actually took time to like boost up the audio and make it sound a little bit better. How do how does someone yeah. like that happen? You just don't. You, that goes away until you just take that audio file today. Mm-hmm. Either, um, well, I guess you. I was thinking you have to put it uh, some kind of visual to it. You don't take that audio file and bring it into like an Adobe Premiere, some video editing software, and then just turn it into some form of video. So, and then upload it to my private YouTube? Yeah, or something like that. Sure. I mean, I mean that would be a really like archaic workaround, but it, it would it would, it would work serve if, the purpose of what you want to do. It would. So, or you would then, even if it's not to your YouTube, you could just save off all those video, quote unquote, video files mm-hmm. to your, because it's, your phone is going to play .movs for forever. Ever. Your phone probably. Your phone's gonna play MP fours forever. Mm-hmm. So And and again, I'm I'm hundred and twenty <laughs> years old. I still like it when a band of one of my favorite artists literally to no yesterday announced he's releasing a new CD or new album. I, I, new CD. I call him he probably will. Who knows? That's probably retro these days. A new album, dropped one song from it, says that the album will come out in twenty twenty four. You can get it, you know, on streaming services or you can download it from Bandcamp. Mm. I always download them from Bandcamp. If I if I want an album, I buy the album, and I'm old that way. But I've also seen, I mean, look at any service suddenly. Look at a ton of streaming services that you just can't stream particular TV shows. Go, oh sure, go, yeah, go, they're not available. They're, they're, they, they're, they have them on there for a certain period of and time, then and then they're gone. Take them off. You know, if if you you know, uh, we'll, we'll just say. Um, oh God! What what was it? It was originally there's the original like version. Seinfeld was on certain. Yep, but I think of like Scrubs because that had so much music on it. Sure, that you just can't. A lot of them they can't get licenses for anymore. Either you can't stream it, so they will pull out like specific songs or things like that that you you just can't get them anymore or you can't find them anywhere. I don't want that to happen to my music. If there's if some band 
you know, if I was a huge Swifty and suddenly Taylor Swift said, I'm pulling all my mu- music from Spotify because they made me mad, which she has threatened to do before. Mm-hmm. Suddenly what? I can't listen to Taylor Swift stuff. And granted, I have never listened to Taylor Swift. Sorry, Hannah McBeth. Um, but in general, like I, I just, I don't want that risk. So I like to download. I'm not against Spotify. I, I have no problem with an account. I listen to Pandora sometimes because it just, you hit, you find an, <laughs> I type in nineties alternative rock. I hit play. It plays every song I ever heard growing up. It's great. Um, I just, I just have, I'm, I'm a very, you know, er, I have it. You got to own it. I got, I kind of got to own it. And that's just how I feel about a lot of music. Plus in general, much like our Patreon, I feel like when I buy this, the downloads, it supports the artist better. Mm. So, you know, as opposed to Spotify, which, you know, they get, point zero 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 three cents or whatever per every stream when i buy a ten dollar album i might only listen to that album 20 to 30 times in my life but i got no problem if they if they get six or seven bucks then like Mm. that's just kind of how i want it's how i want to support the yeah you only you only like to rip off the big guys i know yeah I, I, I hear you. Know. Uh, so I know, and, and maybe again, maybe I'm I'm wor- worried that an Apple will come out with something and say, "Hey, you can still plug your phone, and here's an app that'll let you upload all your music." That's great. And if that's the case, I haven't heard of that, but I also haven't heard when they're going to get rid of iTunes for mm. Windows and stuff. So eh. you just got to buy a special Apple based. Oh, uh, it's probably three hundred dollars or something. Dongle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> special dongle <laughs> you have to use. Uh, something like that, anyway. All of this, I, I could wrap up too. I. Maybe it was just a headline, and clearly I didn't know any of the specifics, but what crossed my feed today was a clip of, along these lines, was Snoop saying something about how Spotify let him know that he had eight, I think it was eight billion streams. I'm going to assume that was just in the year. Eight billion streams of uh, for him or of him, and that translated to $45,000, which... Is interesting because yeah, that sounds like peanuts. You got to oh my about, god, yeah. You got to think about how um, how, uh, how many people have more streams than what he did, and even if it's not a leader, it doesn't matter. Eight billion uh, times to uh, then only here it's forty translates to forty five thousand dollars. And I know this is all part of the uh, you know this gets argued within the whole um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for the not the protest the. Uh, uh oh my gosh. What's the word I'm strike uh and, oh, sure. and SAG yeah. and all this other stuff. I yeah, it's uh all things that are way beyond the scope of what you and I personally have to deal with or worry about, but it is interesting. Yeah, Taylor Swift had twenty six billion streams of her songs in twenty twenty three. So in theory Well so far. Yeah, so far. <laughs> yeah. And I won't claim to know how any of that works, but yeah, there's all sorts of licensing between songwriters and singers and artists and labels that I don't even fathom. So, so anyway, that's just my that's that's my goofy take on the streaming surface. And I listen to a lot of music. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I also listen to a lot of music. I, that would be well. I guess I, mean, I guess we've seen a few of the the fun little social media things at the disc disc. The, the disc golf pro tour has done throughout mm-hmm. the last couple of years of uh you know when they go to interview or talk to a player and they 
I think of specifically Taylor Swift, actually, where I think they had asked our, a bunch of our players, like, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? And some who I think Isaac Robinson, maybe, maybe knew one or, or something yeah. like that. He guessed one. No, like no, Paul I, McBeth knew one or two. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, and then Calvin Heimberg didn't. And huh. I, I love seeing all those kind of fun interactions. It like I understand Calvin kind of. I don't understand how you can't name a single Taylor Swift song. Like, shake it off. Like that, like it, I, literally, I don't, I, I can only name shake it off. And I think I heard someone say that the, uh, I heard Alden Harris say that the love song. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. So, so good. I can name two Taylor Swift songs. <laughs> and I'm sure maybe I could name a few more if I heard them. Um, but that is, well, two's not that far from zero. I, if you think about it that way, but not, I mean, shake it off was a huge hit. <laughs> I mean, she's. Yeah, I I I understand what you're saying, but at the same, I think I would have felt that way more ten years ago. Oh yeah, not just because of her, but I'm just saying in general. Yeah. But now I I've I've come to the realization that when when something is not in your like at all in, in your, your lane, yeah. yeah, in your bubble or in your lane whatsoever, how everything else can be so wildly blocked off completely, indefinitely, entirely, mm-hmm. like. I can also understand that as well. It just that music and specifically her permeate the scene. It's not like uh, you, that. I like, don't, yeah. Like people that say, Oh, I've never seen game of Thrones. Like, okay, cool. Maybe you don't, maybe you're not into yeah. sci-fi. Maybe you don't have HBO or whatever. Uh, you, you know, I just, it's crazy. No, I, like, I, I you don't have to sell me. I'm being a Swifty. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm all on board. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Um, yeah, of course. Now I've, can't think of like the other six things that i was thinking about mm-hmm. over the last day or two i posted this on our discord and i showed you just a few minutes ago this weekend i crushed oh. my, crushed my fingers you can see that they're purple if you're watching the youtube in a garage door Ugh. yeah there's it's real pretty they kind of hurt i can only bend my fingers this much right now or whatever but um i w- <laughs> i went outside this weekend to put a ladder away that had been sitting out behind my shed for a while and i didn't want it to sit through the winter went out there the ladder was gone i'm like "Uh oh did someone sneak on them like in, in into my fence and take it and i was like oh well maybe my wife actually put it away which i wouldn't have expected i opened the garage door halfway saw the ladder in there and then went to immediately close it not realizing that just barely the tips of my fingers got caught between just two the tips just the tips of the panels of the garage door when it came down mm. um Crunched them really good. Um, a lot of four, five, six, eight, ten letter words. Words that I don't think even exist mm. anymore or should ever be said out loud. I'm kind of shocked that the neighbors didn't <laughs> come over because I screamed. And I didn't cry, which is kind of shocking. Um, but I thought maybe I broke my fingers or maybe I lost a finger or something when it first happened. I had to double check. I thought for sure I was going to lose a fingernail. I don't know if I'm going to. I don't think so. The way I pinched them, but uh, they seem to be, they seem to have stopped swelling, but they hurt like a son of a You should just suck on them. Oh, and I don't think so. (laughs) It's hard to type right now, honestly, because I can't feel like the tips of them a little bit. They're just because they're bruised and swollen. It was not, it was not a pleasurable moment. I'm very lucky. It's my left hand. Mm Mm-hmm. And not my right hand, which I use obviously for writing, more typing, you know, doing anything else you do with your right hand. I don't want to learn how to do it by eating, uh, anything like that. So that was not, that was my weekend. That was not pleasurable. That was on Sunday, 
Sunday evening, maybe Sunday afternoon, kind of like around one or two o'clock. Thought about going to the emergency room, but I kind of checked them out and I'm like, they can bend them. They don't, I don't feel broken, but I don't even know how the tips of your fingers. And then I thought, what are you, if you, if you kind of, if you did fracture or break the tips of your fingers, what are they going to do? Like, how do you fix that? Do you just wrap it up? Cause I wrapped it up at first. Cause it, I, I wanted it the first night when I wanted to sleep, I thought, well, they might, they still kind of were in more pain. So I wrapped them up and then I was like, oh, do I, you know, I kind of kept them above my head or under the pillow. Last night I found myself sleeping right on my hand. I was like, oh geez, I guess they don't really hurt as much anymore. Hurt. They hurt when I put pressure on them. That's for sure. Still. Eh, that was just a flat-out, big, fat, dumb move by me. Mm. Lucky me. Uh, one of one of the many highlights, I, I, I will admit, I had a great weekend, uh, thanks to, again, so many different people, uh, in, including the, the opportunity to go out to dinner with Pete Uliberry and with Pete's mother, also known as Paul Uliberry's mom, Pat Perman. Uh, she had graciously picked me up from the airport, and the next thing you know, we went to uh, a place to get some pizza, uh, Pomo, which it turns out to be one of Ricky's favorite pizza places in, in Scottsdale. Just phenomenal company throughout. I, and it's funny that I got such an opportunity to hang out with so many different people throughout the entire weekend. Also, I can give a, a high recommendation for Fate Brewing. I've now been there a couple of times <laughs> in in the uh, area. Uh, yeah, they have some incredible food and beverages. And I've had the pleasure of being there now a, a couple different times, too. That was on another day. Sunday night. After the tournament, I was able to get my editing on and get second round uh, largely put together, get that edited, and then had time to get picked up by none other than Spicy Boy and his significant other, Jillian, and went to uh, the Mesa, I don't know if it's the Mesa Center for the Arts or something of that, Mesa Performing Arts Center, something of that nature, whatever the name is, and I had the pleasure of seeing Jimmy Carr. Oh, nice. The uh, British comedian, I don't know how many of you are familiar with him. He's had a number of specials. I wonder how many they're different. So you I, like, I don't know how many are on Netflix. You, you third-wheeled that yes. on their well, date. <laughs> to, be fair, to be fair, how it all initially unfolded is about two or three weeks ago, he posted to his Facebook saying, hey, my girlfriend, my awesome girlfriend, just got me these tickets. We're going to go see Jimmy Carr. I'm so excited. And I remember in my head thinking... Oh, that's that is pretty awesome, Jimmy Carr. I find him pretty funny. I started doing some research on where he was. He's on a worldwide tour. I thought, ah, well, that's too bad. He's in Arizona. That's great. Then fast forward to the idea of the Big Arm Challenge happening, and me possibly coming out to cover it. Then fast forward into the idea of filming the Big Arm Challenge, and then still getting to go to that show at night. He ultimately had two shows. He had, I think, a a seven o'clock and then a nine thirty show. And there were some tickets available for the 930 show, which is what they had already booked anyway. And so although I didn't sit next next to them, I actually ended up sitting only like three rows or five rows <laughs> back from them. Uh, I was able to uh, get a ticket and then join them. And I offered to drive myself and, and go and pretend uh, like they were on their own date. And I, they didn't even have to pretend like they knew me. Uh, but no, we ended up going to Mellow Mushroom for pizza and uh, other food beforehand. If you haven't been to a Mellow Mushroom somewhere in the country, do yourself a favor and go there as well. Delicious. Miles Parkhill, a guest from a few weeks ago, is who turned me on to Mellow Mushroom. Do we have any in Milwaukee? We don't have any in, I don't, in I Wisconsin. Say, I, I, didn't, I have not no, heard of them. But, oh, so. really? You've never been to one? Okay. Nope. Yeah, you need to get to a Mellow Mushroom. They are, uh, every time, I've, I've never 
Take me, disappointed. Terry. Take I've me away. never been disappointed. So we went there and then ultimately went to Jimmy Carr. And I'm just going to say he was hilarious. I mean, obviously, I knew exactly what he was about, what he was like as a comedian. He was just flat out hilarious. And interestingly enough, and I don't know if this happens. I've never seen it really happen this way before. No opener at all. Oh, okay. like he he came on stage. And went for a full 90, almost 100 minutes, but a full 90 minutes. Hmm. No opener, nothing to, yeah, no warm-up, so to speak, or anyone before him. So, therefore, no MC or anything of that nature. Came on stage, 90 full minutes and then some, and that was it. Uh, it, it It was awesome. So, I don't know if any of you are Jimmy Carr fans. Some of you, are, I'm sure, don't even have any idea who he is, and that's fine, too. Uh, I think he's a, a fairly well-known uh, comedian. Again, the fact that he's got a number of specials and has been around for quite some time. Uh, pretty, uh, I don't I don't know if raunchy's the word. I don't know if I would use raunchy. Uh, what, what, what did they say in his bio? Uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, uh, James Anthony Patrick Carr? What? Mm-hmm. Uh, presenter, actor, known uh, for his deadpan delivery, so on and so forth. I don't know. I think he's hilarious. He, he probably goes in as like maybe the second or third best live uh, comedic show I've ever seen. It was That's good. absolutely phenomenal. So if you ever get a chance, uh, check them out. The one thing they do before the show, and, and I'll spread this uh, tidbit, is they put up on screen and says, and it says uh, on this large screen before they everything gets started, as people are just kind of filing in. They say, hey, if you have a shout-out or a birthday or a story or a joke or anything you'd like to share, text it to this number. And I'm thinking, this is some kind of stupid setup, or this is some kind of, like, you're just sure. begging for some kind of trouble. Just just to, something for him to make fun of or just yeah, play off of. Or just even, like, how legit it is. I don't know why. I just... I didn't have anything anyway. I steered clear of it. Well, Spicy Boy decided to text to the number. Uh, At the very end of the show, he goes through, hey, here's some of the things. Uh, Some of these are from previous shows. Uh, Some of them were were just flat-out jokes. Uh, And then a lot of them were based on what people text in that night. Hey, we're here because my brother just graduated college. Can you shout him out? Or some people text in their own joke, some of which were also very, very funny. Uh, And Spicy Boy decided to text in to say something along the lines of there's a a well-known disc golf journalist here in the crowd, (laughs) and he's a big fan, and his name's Terry Miller. uh, And it would really make his night if you roasted disc golf, which is fine. Uh, so Jimmy, it's all up on screen. He reads that off and then he goes on to then kind of make fun of disc golf. A few people, he had to confirm what it was. Uh, and he of course slightly ripped on it and ripped on disc golfers and whatnot. And that was pretty much it. Did it make my night? No. (laughs) Um, but it was, it was, uh, I guess humorous. So spicy boy. Thanks for, uh, I guess kind of putting me on the spot. They, I was, I will admit when he read it, like some of the other people that he was reading, mm-hmm. I thought he was going to call out and say, "Who? Where are you? Who is this?" Oh, like try to. And he didn't. He yeah. didn't. And I was okay with it. I didn't like jump up. Hey guys, it's me talking about. Mm-hmm. I just sat there. 
uh, and took it. And uh, he ended up interacting with somebody in the in the very front row, and that was about it. So I don't know. I don't. I, I guess I'm kind of famous now. Jimmy Carr said oh, my name clearly. Talked about disc golf. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I won't chalk it up as any of that. But all in all, last note on that with fees. I want to say my ticket was like forty one fifty. That ain't bad at all. Insanely reasonable. I've been to dozens, dozens, maybe even a hundred nightclubs or comedy clubs in total. Most of them range anywhere from five to ten to twenty ish dollars to get in. All of which then will come with a two drink, two drink minimum, minimum or yeah. two item minimum, whether that's a coke or a or a beer or a pair of hot dogs. I don't know. They all come with a two-item minimum, usually a two-drink minimum. Usually, the drinks are, of course, absurdly priced. 12 15 bucks. Yeah, yeah for you know a, a, a can of uh, Corona, they'll charge you 12 bucks for it. So the fact that I went to this in this really nice auditorium, auditorium theater-like atmosphere, uh, and it would, with even the service charge, I want to say it was 41 50 so insanely reasonable as well. I don't know if the earlier show was any more or not, but nonetheless. Yeah, when uh, two weeks ago when we went to go see uh, Pete Lee, Pete Lee, we had there was like a special that we got that it was, I think each person paid like fifty bucks for your ticket, but then you got a two hundred dollar food credit. So more or less, you you, you know, wow per per. Per person? No, no, two hundred was for the table because you. Okay. We, yes. Like, like no, Jesus. <laughs> how, am I, how am I putting on two hundred bucks? Can I can I get nine pretzels to go? Yeah. So yeah. it was it was fifty because there was a table for four. Okay. And then you also you know we each I think we each paid fifty bucks and we got a two hundred dollar credit. So and okay. that went for food or alcohol. Ah. So, okay. so it was like a dinner credit. So that's what we had done. That's why that's one of the reasons why we did it. Um, and we ended up going just barely over our bill by like twelve dollars, mm. I think. Um, and then you stiffed him and walked. Oh out. God, yeah, no tip either. <laughs> yeah. Duh. <laughs> uh, well, I just I'm just tipping on the twelve bucks. That's all I'm spending, right? Yeah, right. It's a right. dollar or two dollar tip. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, no, Terry, I'm not that kind of person. But yeah, so that was kind of cool. That was at the that was at the improv. Have yeah, you been, have you been to the improv? I haven't. That's not far from. No, it's it's where like I live, yeah. It's in the corners, as they call yeah, it. Yeah, over in Hale's Corners, kind of between where you and I live, a little closer to you, but. Um. Yeah, definitely. It, it it was nice. I didn't even realize it was there until my wife was like, yeah. Oh, "Yeah, we're going." I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, that just opened in the last couple of years as part of that development over there. Uh, question in uh, from the board was uh, Terry: Do you use the same airline for all your work travel? Oh, don't even get me started on airlines. Even though there's a funny story to this. Uh, p- prior to, with the exception of when I go to Bend. I almost exclusively always use in every possible scenario that I can, I fly Southwest. I'm cheap. It's cheap. I don't understand what most people hate about it. Uh, to me, that's ridiculous, but whatever. I've always loved Southwest. I could literally give you an hour long dissertation and podcast slash uh, whatever uh, presentation on why Southwest I think is great. I do use them. However, with traveling to Bend, Southwest does not go into Bend. That's that's their that's their downfall. To be fair, uh, technically it's Redmond. I'm sorry, not into Bend. Um, the Redmond Airport in Oregon is not that big. 
in the first place. In fact, they don't even have like jet bridges. You're walking in and off every single plane and Southwest does not go into bend. And so with that, after some consistency of going out to bend, I then uh, ultimately started being loyal to United Airlines and so now I'm I'm really happy to say that with some really slick maneuvering and some really budget friendly conscious decisions and looking and whatnot, I am uh, both on United uh, and have earned some status with United and now also with Southwest. So there's your long winded answer to do I use one exclusively? I still use Southwest primarily whenever I can. Uh, funny enough, I posted that I was with this last trip this week. I'd get A-list status for next year, which is I'm a big fan of uh, earning for 2024, which I then got. Uh, Paul McBeth messaged me and said, oh, I'm actually using Southwest for my first time tomorrow. He's got some secret. He's going to Texas for something tomorrow, folks. So if you want to, I don't know, investigate. Stalk him? Where exactly in Texas? I can't say that. But he says he's going to Texas for a, a short trip and... He lives in the Jacksonville area, so he's taking Southwest for his first time ever. I said, this isn't for you. It's for us broke people, That's <laughs> what I wrote him. <laughs> and uh, But he, he said it's a direct flight, and so he's going to get his first Southwest experience. So I mean, just tell him check in early. That's, yeah. that's the key. Check in early. So, uh, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's my story uh, in terms of who I like to use. Southwest is great. Because they give you free bags, your first two bags are free, or your two bags are free, up to fifty pounds. You can ha- then still have a carry on, and then still have like a, a computer backpack bag or a yeah. or a handbag of sorts. That usually is enough to get you through a week. <laughs> this weekend, I had all four bags, and it was only like a three or four day trip. Yeah, I brought frisbees to sell, which I never got around to doing. So. Okay, uh, hopefully we answered that question. Uh, that means you get priority seating each trip uh, on Southwest. Yeah, maybe, yeah Paul's, I mean, maybe, maybe Paul's going to help Nico design the course. Who knows? I mean, Nico have always been buddies. That could be. I don't think it is. It's a different city <laughs> that he's going to, but uh, the, I, anything is possible, I suppose. Uh, I guess we, we'll find out. Um, perspective ahead this Oh, see, Eric on the board talking about um, Mellow Mushroom in Braden, Florida is good. Yeah, it's I, I really think it's a fun, it's just a really, really solid chain uh, that's not too big, but I do feel like it's a really so- solid chain. And my favorites there have always been uh, their pizza, but it seems like everything on the menu is really good. Okay. All right. Um, anything... On the kind of on a tangent to disc golf that's been significant or that has popped up that it wasn't for the regular show that you can think of. Not that I can think of. Um, It's been, it's again, we're, we're getting into, you know, today's the 12th next week, obviously we'll, you know, we'll be the 19th. We're getting very close to Christmas. Uh, So then we're going to have it on the 20th. Yeah. We we might have to skip that Tuesday on the 26th. I'll, Mm. I'll, I'll figure it out. I don't know what the deal is. Well, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, a healthy discussion that had no permanent solutions or answers, but there was a healthy discussion, vibrant. <laughs> about refunds? You know, you're talking about uh, that? Yeah, that's, that's one. I'll, I'll quickly touch on the one I was just initially thinking of. Sunday night, there was also a discussion about basket 
I'm going to say basket sizing. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The discussion largely talked about if baskets, and I know this isn't like new by any means, the, the, the sweeping conversation of basket sizes, but if baskets are smaller in any capacity, vertically, horizontally, or both, if baskets became smaller, but maybe caught really well, catch as good or better than they do now, not, but there's just a smaller s- spot. Not possible, but okay. If they were, do you feel like that puts a higher premium then on all the other facets of the game? I mean, does your drive becomes more important inherently, your mm-hmm. approach, because you're, you, you need, need to, get to get closer. closer. Yeah. Do you feel like our professionals... And I'm talking our top tier elite disc golf pro tour type professionals. Do you feel like they could or should be subject to making it tougher in that sense? I think a smaller basket. Like, do you just at face value, do you like that idea of, of them playing to a smaller basket to make the game a little bit harder? I'm not opposed to it. I'm truly not. Um, and here, here's what I think I've thought about this the basket itself. You would make the chains a little bit smaller and the basket itself, the bucket, a little bit bigger. Because I've I've played on marksmen, mm-hmm. smaller things. There's a lot of times you hit what is a relatively good putt, but because the, the, the contraption is smaller, you tend to hit the pole more, especially if you're dead center in the middle. And the, the kickback is a little bit greater, so it feels like they kick out more often. So I think if the basket itself was a little bit bigger, that kickback would fall into the bucket more. Because I do think that if you if you were to hit something like a marksman dead center like that, it should go in more often than it shouldn't. Because there isn't, unlike our you could putt lighter, you you can, you can. hit center chain. You, you can, unlike our current basket, which I think you've got a lot more space to play with left or right mm-hmm. to hit chains and not center pole and have it stick. With those, you don't get that. And yes, you could you could putt much lighter. I, I'm, I'm, I would never say that. I do think that there is room to just have the basket a little bit bigger, add three inches, and then if you if you lower the train the, the chain contraption, if you shrink that, that is maybe what I would like to see. If that now on the actual conversation of should they do it, I'm okay with that. I I, I don't really care. I know there's a big 
the, the, the conversation always goes to, well, gosh, then everybody has to change baskets. And it's like, no, you don't. There's, there's no reason why every course would want, would need to change baskets. You could, you could change baskets if, if you, if you want to play with on exactly what the pros play on, but I don't think you need to. There's no reason why a consumer basket can't be a better or easier catching than a, a top pro basket. That's, you know, top, top golfers have different clubs and balls than a lot of your standard golfers. So well, that's kind of how I feel. And I guess maybe even to to further your point there, in theory, if if there was a pro tour event taking place, I'll just say in Waco, and a smaller basket, a tougher pro style basket was to be used for the tournament and all the tournaments, what if those are all just in the ground seven days prior to the tournament? Right, the the yeah. pro tour is already jumping ahead to each event to prep for the next event, and so when they get to a Waco, um, and the 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 last event is still you know is happening the weekend before, but they get to Waco to start prepping and setting things up for the course. They then take out the eighteen baskets that are there mm-hmm. uh, in that in the in the obviously in the pin locations, but they take out the eighteen baskets and then have a basket that then adequately fits into those uh, mounting sleeves and the pro tour just has one or two of those sets of baskets and they're bringing them and taking them out every single event. I, again, I'm, I'm totally, okay. I'm totally cool with that. I am, I am fine. If, if we get to a point and again, we are every other sport is looking for better scoring. Offense is the thing that most place most sports are looking for baseball is you know shortening the pitch clock to help well shorten the games in general but also it does give the hitters an advantage because the pitcher doesn't have as much time to sit and warm up whatever basketball as well they you know they they look at the lack of traveling calls look at the lack of like it's just an offensive game the nfl same thing you can't you know, look at all the offensive penalties they're doing. The you hitting the quarterback, um, offensive pass interference. Sorry, defensive pass interference. Everybody's trying to make the, their their sport score better and more and improve it for offense because that seems to be what people want. People don't want to see a Las Vegas versus Vikings game of three nothing was what we had this weekend. Mm. Nobody wants that. Nobody. It's it's ugly. Even if it was a really good defensive battle, those. Nobody wants to go into a game practically unless it's a zero zero game. Or as I've always said, if you're going to a baseball game and you get a no hitter, awesome. If you get a one hit versus two hit game, that's a boring game. Well, yeah. And 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 granted, you could have been watching some of the greatest pitching. It doesn't matter. Pitching that's, isn't as it's isn't not as, as sexy exciting. as home runs. It's not as exciting as as hits and home runs. So are we looking to decrease the "Quote unquote offense and scoring of our game, maybe. Uh, if it, do we want it to look? Do we want it to be harder? Well, I, I don't have an answer. Honestly, I'm just asking. I don't yeah. have an answer. Well, and I, I don't think think there's a right or wrong. The, the perspective in which I heard this weekend from one of our top pros was that is also a way to kind of make things tougher, change up the scoring, but also without adding, you're, you're not adding to a course. You don't need, cause we've mm-hmm. seen, especially in our careers, we've seen courses go from that 5,000 to 6,000, 8,000 was wild at one point, then nine or 10,000 kind of became crazy. Now we're hitting 10 to 11. Now we're hitting 10, 11, 12,000. 
the point is at a certain, uh, you know, just like they're going to, you know, uh, regulate or govern the ball size or uh, not the ball size, uh, uh, the distance in which a, a golf ball can travel. This is kind of in a similar mm-hmm. sense. This will have a similar effect is, hey, if we make that much more emphasis on driving and putting, or I'm sorry, and driving and approaching, and you're not just able to cash, you're not Ricky or Gannon Burr and cashing in everything you see from 60 feet and in, and there's that much more emphasis on getting it close. That way you're you're kind of, you're not shortening the course clearly, but you're having that effect um, and make maybe making things more competitive. Maybe. I mean, I think we're pretty competitive right now. I, I think we have a lot of players who are, can are the get, can can get up and win. I don't know if again hampering somebody who is good at like sixty foot putts is the right move or not. I I, I don't know. Again, I I don't have the answers on this one. Um, it, it's Tim. That's not so. Tim Tim chimes on the board and says Aaron Gossage wants bigger baskets. Um. Quite the contrary. In fact, uh, it's funny you sniff this one out, so maybe there's been other conversations. But this this was a, a very hearty discussion that largely was with Aaron Gossage, Ezra Aderhold, uh, and definitely Anthony Barella. We brought Ricky into it at one point. This was a very heated, and not in a bad way, but a very heated, spirited conversation that took place. And Aaron was talking about ways to make the courses tougher without making them necessarily longer. And it's not that he has a problem with the length. He just keeps, he feels like, there's only if so I much- understand it, yeah, there's only so much land and only so much we're going to be able to expand. And if we want to, quote unquote, tiger proof or or keep any constraints on the course, like you, you can't always just take a 10,000 foot course and turn it into a 13,000 foot course. Like there's just sometimes just phys- the physical is- restraints of being able to do that. This yep. way, it, it keeps you on the same course. Mm-hmm. Uh, largely hitting a lot of the same lines and doing a lot of the same things, just more of a premium on the actual drive and the actual approach. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I feel like kind of somewhat punishing somebody that can rein them in from 60 feet. They're yeah. still going to be a good long range putter. They're still going to make more, but are the, are mm-hmm. is their advantage going to be significantly decreased where it doesn't almost even seem fair? If Ricky will just say makes 10 putts, from outside of 55 feet in a whole weekend. And somebody made typically only makes one from outside 55. You make the basket smaller. You make the putt harder to make. Now Ricky's only making five of those. Uh, that's the question. Does, play he, pretend. Does, does he go all the way down to two or three? Or and that on, other person still yeah. makes the one or zero? Like how much does it compress? I, again, these are all things we don't know what will happen. I guess it depends mm-hmm. on the size of the basket. And are you are you punishing anyone or not in doing so? Uh, because yeah. we, we all know uh, the better putter is always going to be a butter, better putter probably no matter what the range is. I, I don't guess right? um, to a certain degree. No, I, I don't know. I think that would we'll just play depends pretend. on how the basket shaped, right? Depends on how the basket because Ricky, as we know, is a very direct and hard putter. Always has been. Mm-hmm. It, for better or worse, we've seen Ricky hit some phenomenal long putts, but we've also seen watched him walk up to 22 footers, hit him dead center hard and they come back in his face. Mm-hmm. Is, is is that is that really what we want to see? Like, you know, Rick, well, does that does that penalizing, you know, are we taking away a skill in order to make the the scoring 
more difficult? Are we are we taking away the putting skill? You know, I, I, sh- should again, everyone can putt lighter. Does Ricky have to learn now to do more of a loft putt instead of a more direct putt? I, I I've said this about baskets in general that I think you need to, and people don't like to hear it, but the way our sport is now, you need to play to the basket. If you know a basket has a weak spot, don't aim there. Yeah. And some people are like, well, I'm just going to aim at the middle no matter what. I'm like, cool. Then if when you, when you get one that spits, you can't complain. Yeah. If you have a basket like I like I had played pretended, you need to have more of a I'm going to say a Paul McBeth style putt that kind of comes up and comes down. It's not a direct putt. It needs to be softer. It needs to be coming down as you come in as opposed to straight at it. So ugh, I I I don't know, you know, does that stop the aggressiveness from 40 feet? You know, when, when you, when you have a 22 foot comeback and now your, your yeah. knees are knocking a little yeah. bit more, I, I mean, 22 it, footers are tapping. Yeah. Is it, right is, now is that most. better for our sport to watch someone like an Anthony Barella, who we know has had issues with the power of his putts, missing a putt and going 40 past it and then hitting a 40 foot comeback. Mm-hmm. So now suddenly does, does a B be like, well, I'm just going to kind of give it a little up and down and loft it in. Are we, I, I, I don't know. I, I think. I still would love to see the pro tour do this for one event. Just pick an event. I don't care what it is and say, guys, this is a tester event. It still counts towards pro tour. It still counts. We still want you here, but we are going to play to these modified baskets. We, I want to see what the results are. Let me see the percentages. Where are circle one putts? Are they where we're normally seeing like, uh, Andrew Marweed hit 90% circle one. Does that drop down to 82%? Because And it, and is that 82% though still leading? Exactly. The field, that's what right? I'm saying. Yeah. It, it, does everybody move down? Do we see a big shift? It's And that's going to be really hard to tell on one event because anyone can have a hot event. Sure. You st- Statistically, you'd want a bigger sample size, but I would love to see him try. I would, I'd love to see one event where that happens or maybe make it an annual event. Yeah, some kind of... You know, the almost exhibition, but yet have, uh, yeah, who knows? And the problem is if you make it an exhibition, half the pros won't won't show up because you, you, it almost needs to be an event that counts. So does that happen at a ledge stone? No, not really. But does it happen at an Idlewild? Does it happen at Jones? Did you see? Yeah. A lot of different stuff. They do. Food for thought. All right. uh, Another quick point of conversation. Uh, Last week, there was uh, a post. Um, someone was talking about being injured and then reaching out to the tournament director and the tournament director, by my understanding, essentially saying, okay, here, here's what the PDGA refund policy states. And here's what, therefore I'm going to refund you. Basically, we're going to follow the refund policy, um, to a T or letter, you know, by the letter of the law. Here's what the refund policy states that we can do. And this is what we're going to do. And and the the player in particular didn't care for that and said, I'm injured. Essentially, I'm injured and I'm a pro, and it's four or five days out, I believe. Um, I, I think it's ridiculous I don't get a refund, a full refund. And, of course, a healthy discussion also ensued from that little uh, discourse. I, I came I, – I feel like I have a – you, a, you have a, a good perspective because I have you, a, you, yeah, I have a, I have a seasoned perspective in that I've 
run a couple hundred tournaments. I've also been the player at even uh, mm-hmm. three or four hundred other tournaments. I've had a lot of those different opportunities. And so I can certainly understand, you know, you know, valid what I feel like are valid points, you know, one through ten. Mm-hmm. And I can on the other side, I can understand or propose valid points one through 20 on the on the other side. And you could go from there. Some of the questions that I brought up is, for me personally, is the idea of especially pros. And I had uh, I had a pro at my event a few weeks ago. Is literally just before tee off, two minutes before tee off, and it was discovered that this pro thought the tournament was on the next day. Oof, rough. And told one of the card mates that he was supposed to be with. So they got a hold of him, said, hey, where are you at? You're on our card. We start in like three minutes. Where are you? And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I thought I played tomorrow. Complete confusion to the situation, obviously. Mm-hmm. People make plenty of honest mistakes. I certainly believe him in the case that he, for some reason, Just- thought he played the next day. Okay, honest mistake. He's playing in the pro div- a pro division. Does he deserve a refund? No. I think it, it, as as the tournament director, that's I feel up to you. But I I do I would like to see that be consistent. But I, every scenario is different as well. If if someone doesn't show, calls you, you know, five holes in, and is like, "Oh man, sorry, I got drunk last night. Um, I, I just couldn't get up this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, can I get my money back?" I, I don't necessarily think that's that that is a good reason. Um. In general, no, I don't believe they deserve their money back. I think as a TD, you could if you if you want to. I've got no problem is with that. that. Uh, and again, this is intentionally supposed to be a bunch of what if scenarios mm-hmm. and in uh, uh, no, I'll, I'll, hypotheticals. But is that fair to the rest of the field? No, because they they came expecting a full field with a specific purse size. Due to that full field, because if someone signs up for an event and we have a friend that does that, he'll look at the size of the field before he signs up and be like, eh, there's only three guys there. I'm not going to bother signing up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's a little different these days because there's less of that. Now it's more of a race to get signed up. And a lot of TDs are setting aside specific number of spots for divisions. But if I'm in a four person field and suddenly two people decide not to show up on the la- on the final day. Let's just say you're MP50, and you mean on the first round, just at all. Like if yeah. you're in, a, yeah. If you're if someone if two people don't show up at, before the first round, they call. Hey, I'd like my money back. Cool. My my purse just went from. We'll just say if everyone paid a hundred dollars. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was gonna say everyone paid a hundred dollars. It went from four hundred down to two hundred. Sure. And th- that and now you what you you paid both players that were gonna get. You know, I, I know you can never count on a on cashing. Like it or not, there's some people that probably go there and be like, "Cool, I'm better than three of those four people. I'm sure. gonna, I'm going to get. I want to get that money." That's why I feel like lat, for the last minute ones, I don't have much sympathy. Sh- short of a true, probably like drama story, and but even then, but everyone even, could make one of those out. Everyone can make one of those. Could. Out. Now, here's what I'll say about a week out or five days out, and I know the PDGA has. Rules on this and whatnot. Is there a wait list? If you fill that position, I don't care how late it is, that person, whoever gets out, should get their full money back if you fill the position. Even if 
it's the even if it's the morning of, if someone calls you the morning of and says, "Hey, ugh, I, I just can't make it," and the TD says, "You're in luck. There's a guy here who wants to play. He showed up randomly. He wants to play. If that spot is filled, I think the person should get their money back." Okay, that that's how I feel. Now, there's obviously caveats for amateurs. Did the TD custom get custom players packs? Hey, I ordered you a 4XL with your name on it. With, yeah, with your name. <laughs> so it's not just a 4XL. It's a 4XL with your name and yeah, PDGA I, I number wanted, on I it. I wanted to. I wanted to pick a size that like wouldn't go with everybody. Or an, I, you pick an extra, extra small. Guess sure. what? You're a junior, and I you know there's only two of you, and now suddenly you're not going to come. And I, I have a, I I got a trophy for your division because there was going to be one of you and mm-hmm. things like that. Like that's all money out of the TD's pocket that's just gone. So that is why I kind of feel like if you're if you're not filling the position, you know, that's it. Custom of custom shirts, custom stuff like that, as long as it's known ahead of time. If I sign up for an event and I don't know that there's custom stuff made, then I mean how, how am I to, am I am I to blame for that if something comes up? Like I, I would hope that the T D would make that known. Like, oh hey, we need your shirt size because we're gonna get a custom shirt made for you. And at that point then the T D can say, Hey, I'm going to take that shirt out of the entry fee. That's a $30 shirt mm-hmm. that's coming out of the entry fee. I will get you the shirt. We'll send it to you or you can pick it up or whatever you need to do. It'll be available for you. Um, if you want to come later today and pick it up or I, like I said, or I'll ship it to you and take the money, take the $7 or whatever shipping costs are these days. I don't know. Take that out. We can do that. Fine. But in, in general, if if we're not okay, so it, going back to pros, yeah, if we're, if we're talking pros, if the spot's filled, give the guy the money back. What period? What if? What if? You're you're not the the waiting list will say ended on or, or registration or waiting list and all that ends Friday night. So you, you have your tournament Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. You're playing MPO. The tournament starts Saturday morning. Friday night. Or uh, Friday nights when all registration ends or cutoffs, there's no ads or drops or whatever mm-hmm. uh, per posting. S- Saturday morning at 6 a.m., you write the TD and be like, hey, I, I pulled my groin. I'm not going to be there today. Whatever your reason is, let's just say you pulled your groin. We're going to go with that one. You pulled your groin. I can't come compete today. There, even if there was a waiting list 10 deep the night before on Friday night, the, the waiting list has been officially Correct. ended. And to be fair, those 10 people on the waiting list they're not going to show up. Probably, yeah, they, no. they all live a they, half hour or an hour away. They, they no, don't want to no, show up that no, next morning. No, no. And quite frankly, the TD doesn't want to be effing with no. doing all this switching come the next morning. So they say to them, um, "Yeah, I, I'm sorry, sorry, you can't make it. Sorry, you pulled your grind." But no. do they get a refund? No. Okay. No. I'm, I'm, I, it sucks. It's unfortunate. But unless that spot is filled, and and we'll just say, let's say the the waiting list ends on Thursday for pros. Hey, after Thursday. The event starts no Saturday. I'm not swapping anybody. Player pulls out on Friday. I, I don't think that it's the TD's responsibility, although they can, to go to go to the wait list and be like, oh, um, oh God, the first guy on the list. You could just say, sorry, you don't get your money back, and I'm not filling the spot. I, I mm-hmm. would I would have no problem with that. Now, it would be nice if the TD maybe reached out to the to a person, whoever was maybe first on the waiting list, and said, Hey, I did have a last minute withdrawal. Can you, would you like to come? 
were, and that guy says, "No, actually, my grandma passed away. I'm not. I'm no longer interested in being on the waiting exactly. list." Exactly. If if he's if the spot isn't, it's. I don't believe it's the TD's responsibility after that wait list time goes to start going down the list manually. But if they did, and if they fill that spot, give the guy the money back. If the spot is filled, the person should get their money back. If not, yeah, you get nothing. Yeah, and I I think one of the questions naturally that unfolded out of this scenario was when if it's an if if someone says it's injury related, still don't care. Does that Sorry. carry different weight than any other reason? Nope. And I I felt like there was a lot of responses within this thread that's like, dude, you're injured. That's not fair. Yeah, you should just get your money back. Great. Like, my cousin no, died. Great. Yeah. My you know uh my 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 car my engine fell out of my car. Man, that sucks. It's going to cost me two thousand dollars to fix that. I'd like my hundred and fifty dollar entry because I that. need that. I'm going to need that to fix my car. Too bad. I'm sorry. It it's really unfortunate. But I can't wreck the rest of the field. You are asking the rest of the field to take a hit because you did. Sorry, can't do it. Won't do it. It's, yeah. It sucks, but we need to have established set of standards. Yeah, and there are. And, and to I know be fair, are. every TD, because of some leniency or mm-hmm. some other liberties, have hand, has handled it differently, me being one of them. And sure. you guys have heard me rant throughout the years uh, as my positioning on refunds has slowly slowly but surely stiffened over these last few years. I used to be as absolutely generous and liberal as you could possibly humanly be with a refund. My stated policy for more than a decade was if you call me mm-hmm. up to t- up to the two-minute warning and say you can't play, I'll refund you. And I did that, I think, with like 99 or 100% mm-hmm. certainty. I just did it. As the PDGA continued to then develop an official refund policy. I largely ignored it and still was gracious in terms of in, in well, we'll say in terms of that player, but maybe not ultimately to some of the uh, other people that were playing. I would always go with the side of the, uh, with the withdrawer, so to speak, is where I largely, and I just got to say, personally, I have backed off of that and have become a little, a little more stiff, a little stiffer. Stricter. Yeah, uh, and stricter, understandable. Uh, as time has moved on, and, and do you, do you know the policy? If you if you fill the if it's within like a week and you fill the and you fill the spot, do you have to give the person the money back? Well, I'll I'll just read it because uh, there's of course as we've there's just so been many talking rules, about that's it. That's why I didn't. Yeah, know. and there's a it it all comes down to largely when it is uh, that talks about it, and when you're talking about. Um, I'm just going to read this is the PDGA rules competition manual. Uh, let me find the number. Just, you know, 1.03 withdrawals and refunds section D. Mm-hmm. It says players who officially request to withdraw from an event 15 to 29 days before the start of the event will receive a hundred percent monetary refund of their entry fee minus up to a $10 handling fee. Only if their spot in the tournament is filled. Mm-hmm by a player who is on the wait list at the time of the withdrawal request. If the player's spot is not filled, the D, the TDG the TD has the choice to either to provide either a 50% monetary refund or their entry fee or just the player's pack or mm-hmm. what the player's pack would have been had they received da, yeah. da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. In the case of a player a pro division uh da, 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 refunds da, da, da. 
section E is players who officially request to withdraw from an event within 14 days of the start of the event and prior to the event's published closure of registrations and waitlist. That's more so what I care about. Yep. Uh, and waitlist replacements will receive 100% monetary refund minus up to a $10 handling fee only if their spot is filled. Perfect. So then that's exactly what I want. Um, which makes which if the player spot is not filled. So that's saying which makes the most you sense. could keep you could basically keep uh, like up to a $10 handling fee yeah. if it's filled. Okay. Uh, then it goes on to say though, if the player spot is not filled, the TD has the choice to provide either a 25% monetary refund or just the player's pack that they would have received had mm-hmm. they attended minus the cost of shipping. In the case of a player in a pro division for an event without a pro player pack worth at least 25% of the entry fee, the TD will provide the 25% monetary refund. So that that's that, that last sentence is really the payoff in this mm-hmm. scenario. You withdraw within 14 days of the event. You paid $100 and your spot is not filled with someone that's on the waiting list at that time, you are only entitled to $25. And that's what I believe was being offered in this situation, the 25%. And and there was issue with it. And I was shocked, or not, I was shocked (laughs) to see that the large majority of of people that chimed in on this thread believed. Thought they should get the money back? Yeah, 100%. No. Anyway, it was a healthy debate. You guys can chew on that however you wish. Um, I do love that the PDGA has created a policy. Yeah. It's in the competition manual. I, I don't want to say it's it's the law because it's not none of that's a law, but there, there's an official stated policy. What I dislike is when a TD wants to uphold an official PDGA policy. And they get run. And, and they still get blasted for it because they're upholding a very legitimate policy that's in place. And that, that doesn't make me feel good as a TD. That doesn't make me feel good. I I don't know that that's really fair. I mean, I I feel it's similar, but not to like, Hey officer, I know I'm doing 75, but everybody does 75 through here. You can just let me go. And the officer's like, well, no, today I'm going to write a ticket. You're doing 75 and a 65. Yeah, I know, but I do 75 here all the time. And so do all my buddies. We always do 75 here. Most of the people do 75 here. And the officer's like, yeah, but today I, I'm writing you a ticket. You're doing 75. Like, they're, they're just upholding what's in place. Now, if you want to argue if the speed limit should be 75 or not, like, unfortunately, you, that's not going to do you any good with the actual officer. Like, that needs to be taken up with the local municipality and who's ever writing yeah. the laws. In this case, have a conversation with the PDGA if you think that the policy needs some tweaking yet again. But... I, I think it's I don't like the idea of like we're just gonna blatantly dump on the T D that's just simply upholding a posted policy. Yeah. So basically the PDGA is doing what I think they should be doing. Like if if someone fills your spot, you get your money back. Minus whatever handling fee, the the five or ten dollar handling fee, because because that could be flat out just, hey, those are PayPal fees. Like that's probably what more so like uh, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm sending money back and forth. In theory, that should be done via you know, refunds and whatnot. So there could be some, some, the TD should not take a financial hit on that at all. So that makes a lot of sense. And I think that the PDG policy makes sense, but I think we've bored everybody now. Yeah, maybe, but we did. That's fine. That's what we're here for. Terry, what's not boring. Patreon.com slash smashbox TV. I what? promise 
we're not going to refund your money. No, we're not. Wait, nope. Nope, we're not. We're going to keep it. We're going to use it. We're going to continue to make the podcast better and provide some giveaways. Provide some giveaways every single week. This week, we have 137 people eligible for our giveaway. We had a lot of people sign up on the, on the free smashbox.tv slash weekly giveaways this week. You guys so, getting in on the action. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for, for going to, and, thank and you doing for that. Thank you for not yourself support, free. And not supporting us. Thanks for not supporting us. <laughs> I really want to win something from these guys for free. Yeah, come on, let me do it. Um, yeah, so 137 people are eligible for our giveaway. Patreon.com slash smashboxtv. Terry, as always, I ask you, what number? I've sorted it by donation amount. So the $1 donators are up at the top, all the way down to the $10 donators. And then everyone that signed up is at, uh, via the free one is at the bottom. Mm. Just because I thought we love you less or think any less. Just, of you. That's just because the, the way bottom it's sorted. dwellers know. Yeah, because there was nothing in that field. So that's mm. the way it was sorted. All right. Well, with that, uh, I mean, this was the big arm challenge for Parker Welk was the third person to win it. It was like my sixth time going to Arizona this year. Well, let's go with four. It was the it was right. the big arm challenge four that I covered this weekend. So four four is going to be the number that pops out at me. All right. Our first number is 55. Second number is 49. Third number is nine. Our fourth and final number. Hopefully it's somewhere near the bottom. But neutral, seven. Near it the top, I mean. Shorter, Terry. It went shorter. So seven. So let me whoop, take that off so I don't dox everyone's address. Scroll all the way up to the top. And seven is Chris Neal. Chris. Congratulations, Chris Neal. Appreciate you. Supporter at a dollar, which we're happy with. We love you, Chris. And Thank you've you. been on board for a while. You and, have. And we very much appreciate you. Very it. much appreciate your support for the longest time. Like Billy Sweet. Joel. Oh, for the longest time. Oh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of uh, copyrights. Speak, uh, speak of Billy Joel. No, I... Uh, I'll I'll give you guys the explanation. You don't hear really oh. any ambient sound during holes one because, on either of the broadcasts because they podcasts. had walk up music. Yeah, uh, my yeah my videos this weekend they had walk up music. So which is why the DDO stopped doing that. DDO GBO used to do that, but there was at some point uh, all the post production people were getting their copyright strikes, and so I think there was some discussion with the event staff being like, yeah. We, if we we can't put this live on YouTube because we could get a copyright strike for it, it demonetizes your video, which is costing some of the some of the people at the time a couple thousand dollars possibly mm-hmm. on some of these streams. So that's why DDO doesn't do the walk up music anymore. I feel. It's, yeah, and and they had it for they had it for Saturday at the Big Arm yeah. Challenge. Everybody got to select. You went out to a, a Google chart and uh, put in your walk up song or your your key off song, whatever. I like the concept. Uh, I love the concept. Like a huge pain in the ass for TDs. I don't ever want to do it because it seems like it'd be. I'd have to get a Spotify account, maybe. No, uh, no, but it seems like it'd be a huge pain in the ass to do. So God bless everyone that's done it. Good on you. Sunday. Uh, so everyone's different. You know, had different songs on Saturday. On Sunday for the second round, they didn't have the individual. They didn't do individual songs. They just had music playing of some kind, inspirational or pump up. You know, pump you up kind of exciting music. Mm-hmm. And I still heard it. Obviously, my camera still heard it. So large, I think it was just hole one. 
that I ultimately just finally muted it. And I literally was playing with the levels in uh, on my oh. on my editor. Like if I bring it down ten decibels or twenty decibels, YouTube's smart no, and they, they it's still like it. picking up that thing, even if it's really faint to some degree. Yeah. So at a certain point, I was like, "F this! I don't what? need any copyright strikes. I don't need any demonetization. I'm just going to mute the uh, the yeah. the tee offs on one." Pretty. They much. should only do copyright free music. Walk up. Yeah, that you, you have go. to pick amongst these twenty-two <laughs> YouTube copyright-free songs. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, people are like, I don't know what this. Is. Like, just yeah. pick one. Yep, that's that's what you get to listen to. Yeah, that that would be a good uh, workaround. So, yeah. So, if anyone's wondering, which you probably weren't, but if you do, that that's exactly why the uh, the first hole, the first tee off shots, uh, sound like there's no ambient sound well, because I muted it. <laughs> I don't want to get put in YouTube jail. Uh, Ray, you did ask a good question. I'll quickly touch on it. Yes. Um, who knows when it's going to happen, but one of the cool things, and we could probably even do it on Smashbox uh, if we get to that point as well. Uh, the day, essentially, that I've established that I get 100,000 uh, subscribers, I'm going to go back two months from that day. And if you were supporting me at that point or earlier via Patreon, you're going to get part of a, uh, you're going to get a free disc sent to you. So if you sign up today, and I hit 100,000 next week, well, then then you're too late to the party, and I still appreciate it. But if uh, this this is meant to, uh, yeah, thank anyone that has been with me for at least two months or longer. Some people are going to get a good deal out of that. So I very much appreciate it. I said at 95,200 is the number. I don't know. It could, it could be two years yet. Whenever. Whenever it happens, could be. I'm good with it. Until I come up with It, it may five. never happen. It starts going well, backwards. What, what I'm going to assume, and this is just kind of a behind uh, a hunch behind the scenes, I'm going to assume as well, maybe YouTube doesn't. I, I would think as you get closer and closer, and maybe they've already done it. At a certain point, YouTube comes in and does like a, a legit clean or cleanse. Oh, I don't think so. Of sw- of sweeping out fake slash bots. Mm, I don't. Think you don't so. think so? No. Hmm. So I don't, uh, they're trying to hold back those <laughs> no nope. play buttons. Nope. I don't oh, think they, I, I feel like they will. I think I'm going to get to 98,000, and all of a sudden they're going to do a, a cleanse of some sort. 72,000. <laughs> no, Jesus, no. how did that happen? No, and I and I think it would wipe out a couple thousand, uh, would just no, be a guess. I don't think so. Maybe it will. Who knows? I think that would be disheartening. I think people. Would oh, be ups- I, I agree, but I think like, people would be upset. I, about it should that. be earned, though. Like I don't. I, what, what's what's earned? Like, like legit, just, legit. So so if drivers. I sign if I sign up for a YouTube account, like eight or nine years ago and I subbed to your page, but then I kind of never check YouTube. Is that a, is that an account you would wipe because it hasn't been active for eight years? No, but you're like a, that, that was a real account at one point. Maybe. How do they know if I just literally signed up for one day and they'll sub to your account and I just really never, or I have now I have a different YouTube account and profile. Cause like me personally, I have like three different YouTube profiles. Yeah, I got uh, my Smashbox. I've got a skip base and I've got a, a work one. Yeah. Well, and I subbed I, to different things on different ones, but if for some reason I I left my job and that work account sat there for just make sure it's subbed to me, <laughs> I, I will uh, for like for like 10 years. Is that an account you wipe out because it was real at one point? But what if I only had subbed to one channel? They can't. It's really hard to tell what, what, if there's no activity there. and intent. I don't know. I'm just saying I don't think they would do that because I think it would be extremely disheartening. If you were to do that, you would almost have to do it um, earlier than like right before 100,000. And second of all, uh my understanding is that they don't really do that at all. Um, what what service was I just listening to where they were saying that 
they tend to do that in waves. Maybe it's maybe it's Instagram or something because people try to obviously game the system that they just randomly they don't without any warning. It's like every so many months they purge. Yeah, and so that you don't know when I, it's. I think happen. that happened to my YouTube account not that long ago. It might. Uh, I but, think that had happened, and that's what makes yeah. me think. Like if they do it, I I, I'm, I'd be okay with it. I understand. I I don't want to earn anything but, that's not earned. It, but it might be earned. You just don't even know it, Terry. <laughs> you just don't even know it, Terry. Anyway, so. well, thank you guys for uh, coming along the silly ride here tonight. Thank you to Parker Welk who joined us again. Thanks to the entire as a guest. Uh, Arizona family uh, for the uh, awesome weekend and, and my, my special date nights, including uh, one spicy boy and Jimmy Carr for Johnny V with smashed up fingers, literally smash boxed. Yeah. Anyway, Johnny V <laughs> I'm the disc golf guy. That's four eighty fours after show. We'll see you next week. You step inside the smash box. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.